And so it was kind of landing in that place where you have no choice but either to disintegrate as a human being and fall off the face of the earth or reconstruct from absolutely nothing. And I think the great thing about it is that and anyone who's ever been through anything traumatic, um, rock bottom-ish, would probably agree that it really sets you free in so many ways because a survival instinct kicks in that allows you to finally shed all of that um, ego <laughs> and pride or anything else that you've ever carried um, or that we normally would carry. And you're just in a mode of like, like, I just got to survive. I got to do whatever it takes. And That's Sarah Centrella, and I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do-A-Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do-A-Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers, welcome to another episode, the first episode in the third season of the Do A Day podcast. It's awesome to have you guys back. This is really exciting for me. Uh, getting to do this show is really exciting, but the people I'm coming back with, I am so thankful for being able to do this show and share this with you and the continued connections that I get to make through the process of podcasting and interviewing people is amazing. I'm I keep finding myself super inspired, which... If you've listened to past episodes, you know it can make me a less than ideal host at times because I'm just kind of floored. I'm guessing like all of you are. Um, and so sometimes that takes me out of the moment and makes it hard for me to think on my interviewing toes about what to ask next. This guest was no different today. This is Sarah Centrella, who, first of all, I have to give a huge thanks to Adam Scheibley of the Million Pound Mission. Uh, Adam connected the two of us after... Connecting with Sarah and being like, you would be perfect for my friend Brian and for his show, and he was right. So basically, anytime Adam tells me I need to meet someone, he's pretty much spot on, yet to be led astray. And this is another amazing person to connect with, to interview. She has such an inspiring story. Uh, I'm, I'm always torn with how much I give away in these intros, but um, Sarah had this amazing love relationship as a teen um, high school sweetheart. They get married. They have a little boy. Then they have twins. And then everything falls apart because he chose infidelity over his family. And uh, everything that happened since then is difficult, is also inspiring, which she's achieved. Uh, but it's also a choice, and Sarah, to me, is is such an amazing uh, like incarnation of the idea that in these moments when we're kicked in the face, we can lay down on the floor, and she had her moment where she was literally laying on the floor. She described as like she eventually ran out of tears just from the dehydration of it all. Uh, you know, she cried out literally all the, the tears her body had to offer, um, you can stay down there or you can get up and you can move yourself forward and hustle. And that's what she did. And, you know, there's definitely some credit to be given to the fact that she wasn't alone. She had three very little kids to take care of, uh, you know, and, and obviously that is a motivation and a drive and a, um, a reality, you know, a responsibility that I think pretty much any parent out there would understand it's not optional. You have to follow through. Uh, so she did pick herself up, and she did hustle really hard. And what Sarah has built as a result of that is unreal. So she is just releasing her second book as this episode comes out. Her first book is called Hustle, Believe, Receive. And her next book is called Future Boards. And you can get that, obviously, anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever, but um, she has a pretty powerful launch partner. So if you've heard of this little store called Target, they're going to be launching her book nationwide on July 9th. And of course, you can pre-order it wherever you, you know, you'd like to get your books from. But if you happen to be in a Target on July 9th, or afterward for that matter, so definitely go pick up a copy of her book in person if you're near a Target. 
So listen, I'm super excited to have Sarah on the show. I was really inspired by her, motivated. Um, it's just, she's an incredible person. Um, I will say, I have always struggled with these episodes, whether to allow people to swear or not, or more accurately, if they swear, to edit it out. And I've done that all through the first season, all through the second season, until the very last episode where I had Dove Baron, who, um, in all of his doveness, Lots came out, and I just decided it was not true to his passion and his energy to edit it out. And I thought about the podcast that I listen to. I've mentioned the Rich Roll podcast a ton. Um, you know, they don't edit. And I decided, like, is that E rating, you know, the explicit rating, a big enough deal or not? And after hearing Sarah and recognizing, like, because I'm scrambling to write down any of the timestamps where she did swear, um, Again, I felt this like, oh, I'm censoring her. I'm holding her back on her message. And I've decided going forward, I'm not going to do that. So full disclosure, full warning, NSFW, make sure the kids aren't around if you are sensitive to that kind of language. Um, but yeah, there are, there are some swears in this one, so be mindful of that. If you go to Sarah's website, sarahcentrella.com, uh, you'd see that as well. Um, so full disclosure, full heads up, but let's jump into the episode. I think you're going to love this. I think you're going to find it very hard not to be a bit charged up um, and charged up towards your future path. She's all about how do you design those future paths so you can execute against them. And that's what the, the vision board or the future board title of her next book is all about. Awesome. So with that, we'll jump in with Sarah Centrella. Hey, Sarah Centrella, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Brian, for having me on. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. All right. I got I to gotta ask, um, I did the little intro bit before, uh, you know, before we started up here, but you got to tell me about what a master life coach is. Like, what is, <laughs> Tell me about what you're doing today, but that, that's a term that popped out at me specifically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... For me, anyway, I train uh, life coaches, and so I think that is kind of where the master comes in. It's what I what I train coaches on is my own personal method that I've come up with, and it's a process that only I teach. So I'm like, yeah, it makes me a master. <laughs> cool. All right, that's that's valid. I will give yeah. you that because no one knows your process like you know it, and that's awesome that you're and yeah, helping what others I empower others with it. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, beyond, beyond that piece of it, you want to give a little high level of what the heck you do these days? And then we'll dig yeah. into why you do that in the first place. Absolutely. So um, I, for the last several years, um, in the last two specifically, made kind of the big leap from the corporate world into doing my passion or following my dream full time, which is uh, coaching my method on how to change your life and manifest your dreams. Been doing this for the last two and a half years, and and uh, speaking full time, and I also have uh, two books out. So that's kind of from the the business side of it, if you will, what it is that I do. But it really spurned from a, a very dramatic personal experience that happened to me about ten years ago, which is what got us to this point yeah. um, where I'm at today. When that's when. Uh... Shout out to Adam Shibley for connecting us. Um, I love Adam. I actually met him last weekend. Oh, you guys were at the same yeah. event? Yeah, it was awesome. Adam is a force of nature. He's he's the greatest. So positive. Um, love it. So when when he first connected us, and I saw you mentioned, you know, you said about a decade ago in your story, it's, it hits at 2008. And so my initial reaction was, oh, this is someone who is like real estate related and financially hit rock bottom. And there's, there's a right. lot of, you know, really inspiring people with really powerful, useful messages that have that story. And then, uh, we connected before, you know, a few weeks back before recording this and you started to tell me, I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, there's, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no, not sorry. It's, it's, uh, yeah, not that story, a totally different story. <laughs> yeah. And okay. This is going to sound terrible. It, it's totally terrible. And I recognize that, but I was like, Oh, good. <laughs> not <Right? laughs> just because I like, there's yeah, value in those like, messages, but actually yours blew me away, uh, not just in the power of it, but the power of what you've become out of it. And it, I love these reminders of a silver lining, 
you know, empower yourself from the lowest lows kind of place. So um, let me get out of your way and let you share what this was. But um, yeah, really inspiring. I have to say what you've been through and, and where you're at today as a result of that. So I'd love you to share that story. Yeah, thank you, Brian. I mean, I think um, when this happened, and it was 2008, uh, September of 2008, you know, at the time I had been married to my high school sweetheart, for um, eight years, we'd been together since we were 16 years old. So literally exactly half my life at that point. Yeah. Um, and we had three kids. My twins were a year, like right around a year old. Um, and my son was five. And I, I was living the life I always thought I would live. Like I just had never, you know, meeting him at 16 years old, I thought I had the whole thing planned, right? I never had any other um, kind of thoughts of what I would do with my life. And and it probably and, included him in that vision yeah, since it had yeah. always been him. Exactly. It was like we grow old and die together. And that's just what you do. Um, and especially being each other's first love and whatever, it was just never a question. Yeah. Uh, and you had mentioned the economy was going through some stuff. So we, that year kind of previous, we totally were in that boat. Like we lost our house, bankruptcy, all of that. So all of that was in play as well. But um, one day, in September, he just came home. I'd been cooking dinner and I found a text message from his mistress that basically, and it was so out of the blue. It was just nothing I had ever even had gut intuition about. You weren't like snooping around trying to find anything. Never even no. crossed my mind until that day when I had been watching the Oprah show and they were talking about, you'll know if your man's cheating if he's hiding his phone. And all of a sudden, just like when he got home, oh. I was like, that is weird. I wonder where his phone is. And it was like the second I had that thought, I just knew everything. And, um, but the crazy thing it was, it it went from like that thought to him. He was in the shower at the time. I went and turned the water off in the shower to get the F out. And, uh, and he was gone. So from, from like thought to throwing the ring, slamming the door, being gone, it was like 40 minutes. Wow. Um, It was the end of my world. I mean, I just, like I said, since it hadn't ever even been a concern of mine or ever even been in my orbit, I just, I think a lot of people nowadays always kind of go around with one or two plans in the back of their mind. I don't know, maybe not. Um, I do now moving forward. I'll tell you that for sure. Back then, just not at all. And also, at that point in time, there was no Facebook. Like I wasn't on Facebook. People didn't even know how to text. We didn't have, you know, like yeah, two people who had an iPhone. So this was just a totally different world. So I didn't know anyone who'd been through anything like it. Um, I didn't know one single mom, didn't have a single friend who had ever been divorced. So, you know, our world back in those days were, was the radius of the people we actually knew in real life. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and so in, in so many ways, I think we have much more access to relationships and, and help from other people in a way that I didn't. And so I just was like, oh my God, like, how do you live? Like, how do you wake up tomorrow? I, I didn't have a, any money. He had all the accounts in his name, just all of that stuff. So, you know, I went from overnight struggling with one income earner to being um, an instant single mom without a job because I've been a stay at home mom yeah. and in the worst economy of all time, just filed bankruptcy. So I couldn't get an apartment, you know, like oh, just God, I didn't like, even think about that aspect. You just run through every option and it's, it was all nope, 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 yeah. nope. Um, and so it was kind of landing in that place where you have no choice, but either to disintegrate as a human being and fall off the face of the earth or reconstruct from absolutely nothing. And I think the great thing about it is that, and anyone who's ever been through anything traumatic, um, rock bottom ish would probably agree that it really sets you free in so many ways because a survival instinct kicks in that allows you to finally shed all of that um, ego (laughs) and pride or anything else that you've ever carried um, or that we normally would carry. And you're just in a mode of like, I don't give up. Like, like, I just got to survive. I got to do whatever it takes. And so, yeah, it was, you know, going from a homeowner the year before and, and feeling like we were living the American dream, if you will, to selling every single thing that we owned and moving into a tiny 700 square foot trash apartment was that With, takes a like hit. two one year olds and a five year old. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With no help, no family, no 
nothing. So, but I, I think that kind of moment for me was when I realized that I was going to have to rebuild something, you know, um, yeah. so no clue what it was. It was, it was almost like, all right, then why don't I just invent it? And I did. I literally invented the woman that I am now out of thin air. I was just like, who does she, who is she going to be? What is she going to look like? How is, you know, and went down the list and then started doing it. How do you, okay. Like I, I got to pause you on this though. Cause yeah. the, the thing that I get into with a lot of people, and I said this a million times in the show, definitely not actually a million, but it feels like it, <laughs> this whole idea that it's a choice. Like mm-hmm. when you go, like what you went through is almost like a, a horrific car crash because it was so sudden and so like all encompassing. And it's like, you, you don't, what you did in response, you don't have to do that. You, part of you had the will, had the determination, had the, like the agency to choose to go forward that way. And I'm so curious about, like, I think that's one of the key things that people struggle with dis- discovering is like what, what gives you the ability to choose that, like, like you said, I had to invent it, Yeah. but like as a choice to invent it, like what, what do you think gave you that, not that right, but that drive or that vision to do it? Yeah. That's such a good point. And I'm such a big believer on nothing happens until you make a decision one way or the other. And I think in this particular case, the decision was made for me in a lot of ways. Like the universe just blew my life up. Yeah. And so it was like the choices for me were so, so clear. There was only two ways to go. Either I fell off the planet and like turned to drugs, alcohol, whatever people turn to in situations like that where you just stop functioning as yes. a human being. Yeah. Or you literally run away. And, you know, none of those ever even crossed my mind. Like, the, Was it because you had three little lives that it, depended on exactly, you or was it? Exactly. I do think that is absolutely the case. I think that in so many ways my kids – um you know, if I didn't have them, I probably would just got it on a plane and like cross the ocean and never come back or something, you know? Um, but because I had them, it was like, I knew that it was only one way or the other for me. And that if I didn't choose to figure out how I take care of them and how I, um, literally get shelter and food for them, that there was no other choice, you know what I mean? And so thank God that all those other options didn't even come into my sphere. It was like, how do I solve this problem? This problem being like, okay, I've got to find a place for us to live. I got to somehow get a job and got to feed these kids. And so, and and I think underneath it, that primal um, mother in me was like, no one is going to be responsible for my kids, but me. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. I think a lot of people in that situation would be like, I need everybody else to come in and step in and do this for me. And that just is not how I operate. And you know, being a mom comes first for me in all things. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to say family needs to take care of my kids or <clears throat> whatever else. I'm going to step up and figure this out because I'm putting them to bed every single night. I'm, you know, I'm going to yeah. be there. I'm not going to change the quality of mom that I am just because it's happening. Yeah. Well, speaking of family, did you, I I don't know, like living situation wise, were they around? Were they in the same city or state or were you, were you like basically all alone where you were at? What what was your family situation from a support standpoint? um, uh, You know, I hadn't ever been like super, super close with my parents, but when this happened, I think everybody who had been in our lives prior to this event um, really did not know how to interact with me afterwards. And that's just, then I think it's, it's not really that uncommon to be honest. I mean, like I said, we had known each other since we were 16. So something this dramatic happens, everyone's like, Oh my God. You know, it's like watching a a huge train wreck and everyone's rubbernecking, but no one's stopping and being like, Hey, can I pick up trash on the side of the road? (laughs) You know, they're continuing to drive. Um, and so, you know, I don't hold it against anybody, but I, because I know it was, no one really even knew what to do. It's like, where do you even start? Yeah. Um, and for me, I was like, I don't have time to figure anything out other than this. <laughs> and yeah. and I'm grateful for it because it allowed me to hyper-focus on just figuring it out and getting kind of back on my feet. And I finally got a job. And, you know, I did have to go on food stamps. So I had to get help feeding the kids in that way. But I was like, I, I can do that. Like, my taxes have paid for that before. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, my taxes will pay for it after. Um, and so... 
I think that pride and ego stuff that gets stripped away really allows you to be like, listen, at the end of the day, I don't care if, yeah. if this is what I got to do to figure it out and to take care of my family and to rebuild my life. I'm down, sign me up. And, and then it kind of started to shift to like, okay, well, since I'm rebuilding this, why don't I, why don't I build something I really like? Yeah. You know, you know how about this is a total fresh start and all those dreams I had as a kid, maybe I could still live them. And yeah. what are they? And it just opened up Pandora's box where it's like, okay, what do I want? Yeah. <laughs> the golden question. You know and what? Yeah, Google everything. This is this is sparking uh, a conversation in my mind that I had with on, on another episode with this woman Sandra Younger who'd been through um, what at the time was the worst wildfire in California history, and when we recorded it was in the midst of what was now the worst wildfire in California history, which is super ironic. But she talked about um, this notion of not just being a survivor but being a victor, mm-hmm. and like how do you and and you know she talked to other people who had survived these like you know epic tragedies others who went through the same fire as her but even beyond that and that really strong difference because you could like get yourself to a place where you're maintaining or surviving and like good enough but that like i'm so curious about this spark that led you to like what a brilliant realization is like wait who said i just have to get by if i'm gonna rebuild maybe it's not rebuild maybe it's just build yeah and that's really what it was i was I, th- I think early on, on some level, I understood that I could never rebuild the life that I had. Like that was yeah. dumb. And I also, and, and apparently maybe you don't want to, because right, it wasn't yeah, what it, you exactly. thought it was. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I also knew that I wasn't going to go out and try and get remarried right away. And because that would be trying to rebuild that life too, right. Yeah. Just trying to like, um, replace it. And so right off the bat, I knew those were not the options that I had. And I also knew I didn't want them. And so then it just opened up um, such a free space for me to be like, well, now I have total say in how I raise my kids. And we weren't completely on the same page before. So that gave me a lot of power, like empowerment where I was like, wow, you know, like I can do things. I can make decisions now without having to buy anybody. And and those little things started to kind of feed that in me. Um, And then when I started making decisions and they started working out, Whereas before I would have questioned myself or wouldn't have made them because there was another person involved in this scenario, whatever. And my, my choices and my decisions were yielding results that I liked that also built that, um, empowerment in me as well. And then I just was like, Oh my God, I'm just going to start dreaming of a different life. It makes me feel good. That was the number one thing is, is when I started fantasizing about, you know, going on vacation or, being able to take my kids to Disneyland or whatever the situation was, yeah. whatever the things were, they always just transported me. They took me out of like the chaos that was happening in my life and like the darks. Cause the first two years were not cute. Yeah. I'm was, sure. Um, and so they were like little mini escapes and, and I just went to them as little movies in my mind all the time. And I went up like when I did get a job, just plastering the, the whole cube with all these pictures of everything I was daydreaming. Yeah. And it was basically like, okay, if I'm going to be this new woman and now she's a single mom, so she's not a wife anymore. She's not a married, you know, we don't have that relationship. So then how does she still be a good mom? What does that look like? And can she still travel with her? You know, could she travel with her kids? Is that possible? And um, if she's successful, then what kind of car does she drive? What kind of house does she live in? And so I just like went through and was like in a perfect scenario this would be kind of nice. I would really like this. This would make me feel good. And the more I thought about each one, the more like excited I got. And that excitement, um, was just everything. It saved me. So it was kind of the ability to transfer all of my, my focus from what was going on in my current life and switch it to what I wanted instead. And that, that's what I teach people to do now because my God, that's everything. And if you just think about it, all of us are going around thinking about what, what's happening right now. Or maybe what happened in the past. And all that does is manifest what's happening right now over and over and over again, like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Not going anywhere. So if you can take all of that energy and all of that focus and all of that stress or whatever and shift it to any random daydream about what you do want, then logic tells you that you're going to start to draw it into your life at some point. I mean, that's 
the way it is. <laughs> so it, it really did. It only took about a year and a half. And that first kind of board, if you will, started coming to life and they have not stopped in the last 10 years. I've, I've manifested seven boards in a totally different life. My kids and I have been to seven countries Whoa. together. Um, yeah, it's been an amazing ride. So if you said Disney World instead of Disneyland, it'd be like, you just went around the lake at Epcot and just hit like China <laughs> and France. Um, I, okay, I 100% understand why Adam connected us or why you two connected more accurately because that like, he's all about that. That's right. how he turned his life. Um, that's awesome. So talk to, me, talk to me about this whole future board idea and like, because that, that yeah, when you say boards, that's what we're talking about. Totally. And I, I, I want to right off the bat, just immediately people think vision boards. And so every, all this other garbage gets kind of attached to that. If people don't believe in them, do believe in them, whatever. So if we can just all cleanse our mind real quick of everything like that. <laughs> well, and Sarah, I'm going to say, I don't believe in them and I've seen them come true. So, right. and, and Disney was actually one of the things on there. Um, so no. It, I, yeah, I, I uh, even with that disbelief, I've been proven wrong. And so now I let it go. But yeah, let's all just like suspend the woo radar for a minute and just hear you out. Start with a clean slate. Totally. Um, and I call them future boards because for me, number one, words really matter. And so it was never a board that was like a dream or a vision or a, like I wish I had that. Never. It was like, I've already decided what it is I want, what makes me happy, how I want to look, do whatever, right? So all those questions, I've already taken the time to uncover for myself to get those answers. This board is just a physical picture of what that looks like. So it's taking everything that's in my brain that I've already solved all of those real tough questions with, which trust me is the hardest part, and matching it to find the exact picture. So when I'm thinking of my dream kitchen and my dream house, it's on my board. It's not a kitchen or someone's dream kitchen, it's the one that I saw in my head. Yeah, that specificity <laughs> matters. It's amazing, yeah. So it's that um, connection. So there's no disconnect between what I want and what I'm fantasizing about or daydreaming about or whatever, um, and then what is on that board. So the board, to me, has has absolutely 1,000% been predicting my future for the last 10 years. And I say that because I've been documenting it for 10 years. I started out as the biggest skeptic in the world. Um, I The very first time I'd heard anything about it was way back in like 2006 when it was on the Oprah show. Yeah, um, She was the only self-help I was ever exposed to. Um, and I remember thinking, that's ludicrous. That's insane. I saw The Secret and I was like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> you know, and how stupid do you think I am? And I was so resistant to anything along these lines. <clears throat> so when I actually had first started putting all these pictures on, on my cube and started fantasizing about this new life. I didn't even really know a thing about manifesting. I had no idea what it was doing. It just made me happy. And every time I saw those pictures, it reinforced that movie in my head and I was able to build it out more kind of just naturally feel it more, you know? So if I saw a picture, for instance, which I did have, um, of like a hammock on a beach in, in Hawaii, let's say, which was behind my, my desk, when I'm looking at it, I'm instantly like in that hammock, I have my drink, I have my book, I'm watching my son, you know, out there trying to catch waves on this little boogie board. So it's a whole thing. Yeah. Right. Not just a random picture. It's a whole thing. It's like you said, movies. Yeah. It's a whole place. And, and as you think about it, you just get kind of excited, whatever. So that was one of the things 18 months later that I, one of the first things that I manifested where I was able to take my son who was seven at the time um, to Hawaii for a week and him and I did exactly that. And I went out there and caught waves with him and we swam with turtles and all of that. And it was exactly kind of what I had been just naturally playing in my mind whenever that, you know, whenever I looked at that picture, saw that picture. So the, the big, one of the huge differences, um, about future boards is that that board is a representation of everything that I've previously defined that I want Yeah, and in all areas of my life. That's a huge one. So it covers mind and body, finances, career, what your passions and joys are, all of that stuff. It's not just like, these are my career goals or I want to pay off my mortgage. This is like in a complete life. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
it's basically custom building your future life is what it is. And that's very different because a lot of times they're more point specific. Yep. Like for, yeah. for all the, the former teenage boys who were car junkies like me, it, this isn't about like 12 cars on your wall. Exactly. It's, you know, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's the whole picture. And here's what, here's the thing that, that kind of drives me crazy a little bit, but as soon as I make this distinction, you'll totally understand what I'm talking about. So if you have, let's see, pictures of like a Lambo or something on your wall, right? And you just ripped it out because you're like, oh, that's a cool Lambo and put it on, on my board. That doesn't mean anything to you. And it's probably not going to manifest, especially if you don't do all the rest of the stuff. It's just not going to happen, right? But the difference is if you are saying, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to build an empire or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be entrepreneur, right? But whatever, I want to be successful. I want to make my mark in this world. I want to build an empire. And when I do, and I can walk into that Lambo place and hand them a check and I don't have to finance it, like that moment is going to feel amazing. And when I'm driving out of there and I know that I've, you know, this is, this is success. This is how I, one of the ways that I'm defining success, right? Then all of a sudden, when you see that picture, it means something totally different and you're creating that movie and what it's actually doing is creating a fire in you, yeah. right? Because the more you think about that moment of God, how is that going to feel? Who am I going to bring with me when I drive off the lot? And that, you know what I mean? Like, how are we going to celebrate that? Whatever. Then on a day when your business isn't going great or when you're getting a setback or whatever, that's when you kick that into gear and you're like, oh, but someday, man, when that happens, how great is that going to be? So do you see like the difference and how most people are doing it? They're just slapping something up there. Hmm. This is like, what matters to me? How do I define success? How do I define the life that I want? Why do I want it? And then it turns into this fire or this generator that will literally push you towards your goals. You don't even have to be pulling. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like it is shoving you out the door. Um, and it's the best motivation you could ever have. Cause you take one look at when I look at my board, I'm like, yeah, it might be tough starting a business. I'm two and a half years into starting a business. That's a crazy ride. Yeah. <laughs> the entrepreneurs out there can probably relate. First two years is not pretty, but I look at my board and I'm like, this is why I'm doing it. Would I ever trade it for a six figure income and have that be all I could ever have? Or would I continue to fight for this? Yeah, I'm in. So you, you almost lost me for a minute because you were, because before you got into the why, it, it had a feeling of almost like let the material desires be the, the source of the fire in you. And that's something I've definitely, like, I, th I think that's part of what ends up being wrong um, when people fail to reach their goals or they get partway there and then kind of lose interest or you're like, oh, right. I lost my motivation. Like, cause you didn't have your motivation. And exactly. when you, so I almost started arguing with you, which is um, maybe makes for a better podcast, but is, is uh, bad, no, bad host you. etiquette. But then you went there and you're like, but why do you want it? And so that's why it's not exactly. as simple as like, oh, nice car, which is kind of materialistic. It's like, yep. because nice car is actually a manifestation of this deeper thing about success and what I'm trying to achieve. And it's just a way of, it's like that goalpost that says like, yeah, you did it. And it doesn't have to be a nice car. And it doesn't have to be any, like your trip with your son. Yes. Going to Hawaii can be expensive, but it wasn't about yeah. we're taking this lavish trip. It's about catching the waves memory. with him on the well, boogie board and like, you know, perfect weather. That's what it's about, which is about your relationship. And the, like, yeah, you totally went you there. That up because I would have been, I would have been just, brokenhearted if people got that message because one of the things that I'm a huge, 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 huge believer in is all of my boards are about experiences and not material things. Yeah. So yes, there is like a dream house on my board or a car, but what I want people to understand is those are the outcome of the success that I've built. Right. Yeah. So those are like the treats that you get for getting that commission check or, or yeah. signing the book deal or whatever else. So, and the distinction is truly everything because it's the difference between something having no connection to you and doing nothing and being just materialistic. And that falls into under the category where tons of people are really stuck in this belief of anything abundant makes you a bad person, or you must be a dick if you drive a Lambo, you know, like just all of this 
crap. That's why. But if you're doing it in a totally different way and you're saying, no, you know, what I'm building and what I'm passionate about and the fact that, you know, I'm building a company where I can make lunch for my kids every morning and take them to school and all of that. And, and I'm doing that as a choice. And then when I'm successful to be able to, you know, move them into a home where I know we, we love it. Right. That, and, and here's the thing, like that is what makes you have a full life the whole ride long. So there isn't ever a destination as we know. Um, and that's how you can enjoy every moment of the ride. Yeah. It's all a ride. (laughs) And you know, I, so like I've gotten, I've gotten into, um, not on the podcast, but in coaching, like some discussions with people about when they talk about their goal and it's something materialistic and I, and I push them like, well, why do you care about that? You know, it's like, why do you want to have this, you know, whatever square foot, gorgeous house or car or whatever it is or make X amount of money or, you know, whatever the, the kind of outward facing measurement is. And you start to talk to them and you realize like, and you're an exact example of that is like, well, ask them about how they grew up. And it's like, well, we lost our house and we lived out of the car for a month and then it happened again. And it's like, those outward things aren't about things. It's about, I know what losing everything and being, you know, like what my parents felt and, and what, I felt as a kid, like, I don't ever want my children to feel that. And having those things, like, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it's a level of, of financial stability. And, you know, I say, like, I don't want my son, if I lose my job, I have enough savings so that my son would never have to be like, where do we live? I don't ever want that thought to cross his mind. I had that thought as a kid, whether I should or shouldn't have. I had that thought. I don't ever want my kid to have to think that way. And I think I actually teach people um, because there is a a whole section of the board that is uh, wealth and abundance. And I used to call it finances. And I was like, nope, I want to get away from that even Um, because and I don't allow anyone to put money on the board or a picture of money or anything related to that because we live in a society that's very um, just dollar driven. And the dollars don't mean shit, to be honest, like it really doesn't. So if you take someone who makes, let's say. I don't know, 60,000 a year, whatever. And they put a goal. I want to make a million dollars a year. There's no connection between those two at all. Yeah, it's arbitrary. I can say that completely from personal experience. So when I started rebuilding my life, I was making $40,000 a year, which for a family of four where I live is poverty. I was still in food stamp. Um, So when my boss would come to me and say, hey, Sarah, if you sell whatever in the software that I was selling, I'll give you a check for 25,000. Sure, there's a part of you that's like, oh my God, I want that check. But then it instantly demotivates you because first of all, you've never cashed a check like that. You've never just had that hanging around. So you don't even understand what that even means. Yeah. And and the only way that you can equate it when you're coming from a mindset like that or you're trying to change a mindset like that is like, what bills can I pay? And then that becomes even less motivating. Like, so I want to work that hard and all I'm going to do is pay off bills. So I want people to get totally separated from all of that and say, if I am living an abundant life, a life that I can't believe I'm actually living, I wake up and I pinch myself. I'm like, how is this my life? I want you to describe to me how having an abundance of money, and I don't even need a number, has changed your life. Because here's the thing, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your friends. So the people you interact with today. If you think they're going to be the same when you're making a million a year to when you were making 60,000 a year, you're insane. (laughs) They're not. You might have one or two people that are still in your group. That's just the way it is. Um, And people don't think about that. And they don't think about like, oh, well, how would I spend the money? Would I vacation more with my family? Would I, you know, so I'm always asking somebody if, if they're like, my goal is to make whatever number. Can you please tell me what your life looks like? when you're making that number, can you yeah. describe your life? Cause no one does it. Yeah. And it, it's really, really effective. Yeah. And nothing's free. So what do you have to give up to get to that? number? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was asked Last- people to have people think about their ideal job and, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes they'll put a number on it and I'm like, okay, let's say you have everything on your idealist, except it's 10 grand left. So, you know, let's say they said a hundred thousand and it's 90. Do you take the job offer? Like, Oh, totally. And I'm like, okay, then 
a hundred thousand wasn't actually a must have for you, or, you know, either you got the number wrong or you don't, you, you're not thinking about what the number really means. And that's why it ends up being arbitrary and you're not thinking about those trade-offs. Exactly. And also I think the number can limit us too, completely. So I think if we're so fixated on a number, two things can happen. One, if let's say, you know, I wanted to hit, I just need a million because whatever, it's easy, it's easy math. So, yeah. Yeah. So if, if I say I want to hit a million in the brand new business that I'm starting in a year, whatever, and, and you only do 700,000, then how your brain is going to translate that is that, is that you failed. Yeah. Or failure. Minus or whatever. Yeah. And you're, and so you can go into a total psychological rut over something like that versus being like, Oh my God, you're one. I just, whatever. Yeah. And using it more as a benchmark to grow and continue to grow. So that's one side of it um, that I think really, really pulls people down instead of motivates them in the way they think that it is. And then the other is that uh, it can totally limit us. So if you say, I want to make a million and, you know, the universe has a way bigger plan for you and, you know, wanted to hand you 10 million. Yeah. You've been so focused on this that you probably missed those opportunities. You probably didn't pay attention to the idea. You probably didn't go to that event. Whatever you've done, you've sabotaged it in a way that made sure that a million is all you got. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause and you weren't looking at opportunity. You were looking at maybe some component of it. Yep. You were so tunnel vision yeah. on a goal that really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, and then the third reason why I hate money um, specifics is that if you have a million in your thing, you could be 1.2 in debt. So, and, that, and that's like the same thing about if it's just a Lambo that you want. We all know people who are house poor, who are car poor. Yeah. Who are, so like, you really have to think like, what do I want? Yeah. If you can let go of the dollar and all that, say, no, this is what I want my life to feel like every day. Yeah. I want to be able to drive this car because I can, yeah. because it doesn't stress me out to do it. And, you know, I actually was here, I heard an interview on Ed Milet not too long ago, the podcaster, and he was interviewing somebody who's a, a car collector. Yeah. Multi-million dollar car collection, right? And he said that, and he started out poor as well as I did. as, And so he had that kind of fire in him. But he always made the choice to say, if I couldn't buy the car, I think it was like three times cash. Yeah. Then I wouldn't buy it at all. So he waited until it was a thing like, yeah, now I can. So that's what you really want to start building out and put all your focus in is build out. Like, what does this life look and feel like? And do I love it? Yeah. And let go of all these arbitrary, useless parameters. Yeah. Do I love it is the best measurement mm -hmm. for sure. And not what does someone else think about it or not? Like, why are you doing something if it's for someone else? Unless, I mean, obviously if it's someone you care about and you're trying to help them, but because of their judgment, Right. Because of whether they'll approve or disapprove. What about if you approve or disapprove? 100%. I mean, this is, we all get one life. I don't know why everyone is so concerned about what everybody else thinks. Like, we don't yeah. get to go back 10 years. You know, I'm, I'm about to be 44. I don't get to go back and be 34 and care about what people thought about me then. You know what I mean? It's like, this is my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's ticking by every second. Yeah. So I'm going to fill it with everything that I love. Yeah. People that I love, doing activities that I love, doing it my own way. And if people don't like that, it really isn't my problem. <laughs> you know? I love that <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. So we're not just talking about future boards for fun. Um, we're talking about future boards because you go into so much more depth and detail in your book that's coming out. And we're, this hopefully is coming out this episode on at or right around the launch day. I got to figure out the exact day that we're going to release it. But what's, what's the deal? Like what, what's the missing link that the book goes into that we haven't talked about? Oh my gosh. It's so much. It, it, it really is. I did a three hour workshop yesterday in California for a team and, and literally we had just begun to scratch like one teeny bit of the surface. And we're like, Oh crap, the three hours is up. So trust me guys, this is not a magazine party. Yeah. Could not be farther from that. 
So a lot of what the book goes into is how you even prepare to be in a place where you can go find a picture for something. And to get there, you have to ask and answer a lot of really tough questions. What do I want? What do I want? And it seems easy, but it is one of the hardest questions um, that ever, really. And especially if you force yourself to answer that in all areas of your life. You know, you might be able to answer it in career, but even then you can probably only answer it for the next five years. Yeah. yeah. Most people can't think beyond that. They can't think about what, you know, where they could be that is not even in their orbit right yet, right now. Yeah. So that is really what the book, and it has homework and stuff that if you do it, if you take it seriously, it will freaking transform your life. Hands down. It hasn't just worked for me. Everyone who read the first book, which is Hustle, Believe, Receive, um, this whole future boards piece was step five of my eight steps. And so, uh, the book future boards essentially takes that step and really goes deep into it. Um, so they're, they're a great companion, uh, set because there's a lot that I do to manifest. Number one, I, I changed how I thought I changed how I talk. I hustle. Yeah. So it is not at all about, random pictures and then boom, your life changes. Mm. There's a lot more to it. And there's a lot that we do to block ourselves from getting the life that we want. And that's a big piece that the book really goes into is like, what is blocking you? Yeah, that is blatantly true. What is blocking you? Is it a broke mindset? Are you being a martyr? (laughs) Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that we sabotage everything that we're working for. And so that's a big piece of it. Um, but yes, and it comes out July 9th. So, so excited. I cannot wait. Um, the, the work piece of it, the pre-work piece of it, the pre self work. Yeah. Um, that is so unbelievably crucial. And I don't, I don't imagine anybody listening to this has this problem, but it's really common. People get scared when they hear they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. Or maybe subconsciously they're having that discussion or I'm afraid of what I'm going to expose. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, it can be scary. You might be upset and that means you're supposed to be doing it. like totally. that's even more of a reason to do it. No one said it's easy. And here's the thing. It's like, and it is hard. And I would say uh, the new book talks about the difference between if you're kind of an analytical person or a natural dreamer, I'm kind of a natural dreamer. And then how those two personalities really have different ways of, of coming to this. So a dreamer gets all excited about the end dream, but then loses steam five seconds later and doesn't complete anything. Mm. Um, and then gets really frustrated with themselves and yada, yada. So I've learned how, like, how do we actually get there if we're a dreamer? Like, okay, cool. We got that vision. Awesome. But here's the rest of it yeah. here. And here's it in little tiny chunks. And you can do it. Don't stress out. Right. And then how does the thinker get out of their head and just allow themselves to dream and stop freaking out about every little detail. And so it is a really different thing, but it's going to be hard for each of those personalities in different ways and in different places. And, you know, I've had, I've worked with people who have really broken down in some of it and have learned so much about themselves and every person, I will tell you this, every person who's gone through any of the coaching or any of that, the way their life has changed in such a short period of time, we're talking like a year, Mm. so many clients, like a year later, their life is unrecognizable. Um, so yes, it is definitely work. And yes, you should totally push yourself to the place where it's super uncomfortable. And if you don't want to do that, then you don't deserve that life anyway. Wow. Just, you threw down the gauntlet. I love I that. Mean, yeah. But that's the I, reality. Say, I don't know what else. Yeah. Like you don't. You don't. If you're not willing to do work that is not even actual work, like that, that's sitting down and writing. That's sitting yeah. down and, and digging deep, right? There's going to be a lot of other stuff that's going to be like actual work, like yeah. Day work. So if you're not willing to like go there to find out what it is that you want, then you deserve to stay in the same place that you're at forever. Well, and the reality is the other, like some people may not want to do that, but they're like, well, I'll do the rest of the work. It's like what you don't understand is you can do all the rest of the work in the world. It's never going to work if the underlying core is still not there. Um, so the only, the only caveat I'd throw out is they either don't deserve it or they just don't deserve it yet because you can. 
you can change. You can get to that place where you're willing to do the work. You may just not be, you, you may just not be ready for that adventure today. And maybe you need to do a bit of uh, like preconditioning to get yourself open to it. I see that all the time. People yeah. are like, where I'm at right now, I was blind to what I needed to do. And um, maybe they need a little bit of an expose to realize yeah. like, I got to, I got to do it. Uncover that too for you. Yeah. I think a lot of people just don't know what to do. And yeah. I was in that category. Like I just didn't know what to do. I, I knew I had a vision for what I wanted. Um, I knew it fired me up, but I didn't know kind of what next steps were. So everything that I've written or whatever always comes with the homework that, that breaks everything down very simply and very easily for you to know how to customize it for you, because that is a big thing. Like, so many people get kind of stuck in, okay, well, I want to be a podcaster, but I don't know how to do it. Or I want to start a business, but I don't know how to do it. So they just kind of stay there. And I want to teach people like, no, here's how you incrementally move forward. Here's how you move forward before you know how. And once you kind of can figure that out, and it's it's truly a method, it's a recipe. Um, and it's rinse and repeat for everything. So once you've done it once or twice on, you know, whatever topic you're trying to to change or achieve then you have your own little kind of recipe for you, right? You're like, yeah. okay, well, this is how I did it this time. I could do it again. So anyone can achieve anything. And that I've been proving it for 10 years. Like I was a chick on food stamps and five years later, I was on a private jet with NBA players and their wives. So like, wow. anything, like anything. Yes, please. Um. <laughs> anything is possible. I'm telling you. Yeah, you. yeah, you were proof positive of that. Sarah, you're, you're awesome. Um, I get it. Thank you, Adam. Um, <laughs> what, can you give us a, a little bit more details? The book's out on the 9th. Where, where can people grab that? What's the best way to learn more about you? And um, I got I to gotta shout out this term you have on your site, the manifesting gangsta. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I love that. Um, that was actually what I really wanted the title of the book to be. That's what I intended it to be. And my publisher was like, mm. not so much. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's okay. I'm still the manifesting gangsta. So yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah. So if if people go to my website, which is uh, sarahcentrella.com, um, they can link up with everything uh, right there on the homepage. You'll see where you can pre-order the new book, Future Boards. Um, and if you do, you can get a free chapter, um, sample chapter before it comes out, and it will be in Target stores nationwide, which we're super excited about. Um, start on the ninth, and then you can find information about you know coaching, my workshops, courses, social media, way more than you ever wanted to know is all there. <laughs> no, that that is um, that's awesome. I, the the Target thing blows me away. That's awesome. I've heard of Target. I've, uh, oh my god, I've, I've seen them here there. I was crying when I got that news because that was one of those manifestations that I hadn't even put into my orbit yet. I just, because target only picks up known bestsellers, like books that have already tested out. They never pick up a brand new book. So it just hadn't even crossed my mind. That would ever be an option. So yeah. we're very, very, very excited. Well, the <laughs> cool thing, target, they're excited. Uh, that, no, that is super cool. Like I, yeah. Um, well, you're about to be a known bestseller. So can, pre-congrats on that. And, uh, and the target hiccup, hookups big. Um, it's so cool when your kids, like my son came to a book signing I did at a Barnes and Noble and, um, he was like, he was blown away and then he wanted to go look at the toy section. But, uh, right. un until then it was super cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, was, I told them, I said, okay, rally all your friends. We're going to our local, local target on the night. And then I always make them sign the books too. So, oh, nice line up at the table and everyone gets their little autographs. That's really well. cool. Yeah. Um, you are awesome and you're a force to be reckoned with. I love how you uh, just kind of lay it out there and then give people the tools once it's laid out. That's, um, that's great. And yeah, what you have picked yourself up from to become what you become, to manifest it in quite a gangsta type way. Oh. Very impressive. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm really, really honored to have been able to chat with you and meet all of your audience. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. I really, really am honored. Awesome. Well, I will link up to you, um, to your site and uh, social and all that. And of course, I'll link to the book as well. And yeah, you can always go to your local Target store and pick up a book. I imagine it'll be on Target.com as well and everywhere else that books are sold. But um, 
Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Sarah. Sarah, you ready to help me close out the show? You know it. I'm here. Let's do this. All right. Today is a new day. Go out and do it. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Brian. Amazing. She's literally amazing. Such a powerful and empowering person. I love that. Sarah Centrella, incredible. So glad to have her on the show. I hope that you all got a bit of inspiration in this. Uh, maybe the idea of vision boards always seems silly to you, but I hope you get it. It's not silly. It's actually really powerful at helping to set an intention, even if it's going on subconsciously for you, that you then end up making happen because there is a piece of you that has seen the light, that has seen the direction and the vision. It's super powerful. And look, I mean, what she went through, the fact that vision boards turned that whole picture around is huge. So go out and pick up future boards. It's at Target, like we said. It's, it's literally everywhere. Um, always nice to get a physical copy, and how cool is it that you can get one really conveniently? Uh, so check that out, or you can, of course, go to sarahcentrella.com, and all those links will be in the show notes if you haven't checked them out yet. I am just really psyched to have season three off and running and having you guys back with me for another go round of this do a day podcast it means the world. I always love hearing from people. I love hearing how the message is touching you. I love hearing your thoughts about the show, about people who would be great guests or connections to those people. Yes to all of it. So definitely reach out and let me know what's on your mind. If you haven't checked out what Do A Day is all about, maybe this is your first episode or maybe you've been listening a little bit or kind of observing from the side, dig in. There's so much meat in these episodes and so many different guests who speak to different things we all face. The whole point is for people to get that bit of inspiration to turn them on to a change. And I hope you're finding that. So dig into the rest of the Do A Day episodes out there. There's well over 50 of them check them out, have a listen, let me know what you think. And of course, you can always learn more at doadaybook.com or head over to brianfaltruck.com, check out my blog, check out my TED Talks if you want a little bit more inspiration in just 15 minutes because you got to keep them to 15 minutes or they cut the video off. Um, it's just a quick way to get a little bit of inspiration and we can all use that. And of course, if you're interested, you can always get a copy of Do A Day wherever books are sold that you like to get them from in whatever format you want, including audiobook. I set that up because a friend of mine was like, I want to read Do A Day, but I do books on tape or I think that was his nice way or old school way of saying audiobooks. Um, but he would listen to them on the train and I was like, do I really want to go through all this effort for this one guy? But he's a pretty cool guy. So I did it. And lo and behold, quite a few people have actually picked up the audiobook, which really surprised me. So as I finish up work on the 5075-100 solution, I am definitely going to front load the audiobook effort so that that can launch along with the ebook and the physical book. Because I get it. People like audiobooks. I've even gotten into them a little bit. And you know what? It's... It's really useful. Um, times where you can't look at a page or maybe you don't want to travel with that book and you're not necessarily one for reading digital books. Um, or you're like me and you're fighting all kinds of uh, like neck pain from cycling too much and so you want to keep your head up as much as you can and staring at a tablet or your phone or even a physical book down towards your lap. Not the best way to help your neck out. Um, so audiobooks, very cool solution. Anyway, I'm going to end there. BrianFaltruck.com, doadaybook.com, sarahcentrella.com. Go do your web crawling right now. I hope to have everybody back for the next episode. And hey, if you're really liking this, tell a friend about it. It's the best way you can pay forward the idea of helping everybody do a day. Thanks, everyone. Take care and go out and do it. Bye-bye. I think that was his nice way or old school way of saying audiobooks. Um, but he would listen to him on the train. And I was like, do I really want to go through all this effort for this one guy? But he's a pretty cool guy. So I did it. And lo and behold, quite a few people have actually picked up the audiobook, which really surprised me. So as I finish up work on the 5075-100 solution, I am definitely going to front load the audiobook effort so that that can launch along with the ebook and the physical book. 
because I get it. People like audiobooks. I've even gotten into them a little bit. And you know what? It's it's really useful. Um, times where you can't look at a page or maybe you don't want to travel with that book and you're not necessarily one for reading digital books. Um, or you're like me and you're fighting all kinds of uh, like neck pain from cycling too much. And so you want to keep your head up as much as you can and staring at a tablet or your phone or even a physical book down towards your lap. Not the best way to help your neck out. Um, so audiobooks, very cool solution. Anyway, I'm going to end there. BrianFalchuk.com, doadaybook.com, saracentrella.com. Go do your web crawling right now. I hope to have everybody back for the next episode. And hey, if you're really liking this, tell a friend about it. It's the best way you can pay forward the idea of helping everybody do a day. Thanks, everyone. Take care and go out and do it. Bye-bye.